spectacular. How are you? I'm just peachy. How are you doing, listeners? That's great to hear. <laughs> and I'm I'm so sorry for your loss. Oh. Damn. Hmm. We're we're here for you. Skylar is also here for you. So, um, we're also here for you to bring you another episode. Imagine that! Yay! It's November. November? Are you, um, celebrating No Shave Ember this month? No Shave November? I pretty much always do No Shave No Whatever Month it is. (laughs) No Shave Any Month. I have to have... You know, I just, I like to have a really smooth chin. Oh. So I like to keep it clean, you know, just Mm. no facial hair for me. I'm not about the beard life. No, not, not your thing. I figure, yeah, I I can, you know, grow out a nice mustache, but then I'd have to maintain it. And who really, really wants to find, like, to take the time to find the perfect mustache wax? Nobody. Not me. No. <laughs> Thank goodness I don't have a mustache. Yes. Would but you tell me if I did? I would. Thank you. But. True friendship. Speaking of mustaches and facial hair, I would just like to take a second to dedicate this episode to the very attractive, very, very attractive gutter guy who came to my house recently. To give me a quote on gutters, and he was the most attractive man I've ever seen. And he saw my microphone in the living room, and he's like, oh, are you a singer? And I was like, no, I have a podcast. He was asking me about it. And Did so, you tell him the name? No. <laughs> Shame on you. <laughs> I told him it was a fairy tale and true crime podcast. Oh. So oh. he's probably never going to listen to this, but this this episode I dedicate to Will. So. <laughs> to, to Will. He I has don't know my, you, but maybe he, someday I will. Oh, <laughs> he has my full name, address, and phone number. Woo! He can get in touch with you any way he wants. So, if you hear this, you literally have my phone number. You've been to my house, and my dog kissed your face, so it's fine. It's it's great. It's great. It's great. Um... Sometimes, so basically, sometimes people come to your house and it's a great thing, and they're very attractive, and they have a beautiful ginger beard, and your dog loves them. And other times, unwanted people come to your house and they rifle through your things, and instead of going, "Hey, that's a cool microphone," are you a singer? They're like, "Um, I'm gonna use this." Oh, Such, I know people like that. Yes, <laughs> yes, you do. Unfortunately, uh, such such is the case of today stories today's episode it's it's about home invaders (laughs) home invaders had your kids had your wife because they climb in in everybody's windows and sleeping in your bed basically have you guessed what we're covering yet Ooh, Uh, pinocchio uh no could it be no everybody's nose stays pretty much the same length here no l's thank goodness (laughs) no 11 l's long nose (laughs) thank goodness (laughs) so Today, we are covering the story of the three bears, which goes by another more popular name. Uh, Goldilocks and the Three Bears? Correct. Yes, I love Goldilocks. It's like classic, f- classic fairy tale. Classic. Well, 
Are you talking about the version everybody knows, or are you talking about the classic classic? The classic <laughs> classic, because, you know, we only cover the actual fairy tales up in here. <laughs> yeah, so this, the the tale is, it's British, so we're going to Britain this time around. Oh, Britain! We're going to Britain. I will not do a British accent. And, um, well. so... The story of the three bears is a 19th century fairy tale. Guess Sarah will be doing one now. <laughs> and um, there are three versions which exist. Now, um, you know, when it kind of became popular, it kind of transformed into the version that we know of Goldilocks. Now, the original version, as we'll get into, the, um, the main central human mm-hmm. of the story doesn't have a name. And in fact, in the OG version... <gasps> She's not even a pretty little girl. Really? What is she? She is a badly behaved old lady. <laughs> that makes it so much better. Exactly. Um, so basically, they transformed a frightening oral tale into a cutesy little family story. Where we kind of disregard the fact that she broke into people's houses and used their shit. It's just about teddy bears. <laughs> exactly. And a nice nap in a comfy bed. So uh, this is one of the more famous, the most popular fairy tales, as you can imagine. So buckle up and uh, maybe lock your door while you're at it. Yeah, check those windows. That was me opening and closing windows. I don't know why it sounded like a blinker. They're taking a left turn right off the house. Uh, (laughs) Well, once upon a time... Oh, I've missed it. There were three bears who lived together in a house of their own because having roommates is always cheaper, even when you live in the middle of the woods. Really? Really. Oh, One of them was a little, small, wee bear. And one was a middle-sized bear. And the other was a great, huge bear. So, like, mama bear, papa bear, and baby bear? Well, these are bear bachelors, but... Ooh, even more fun. Yes. Yes, this isn't a family. These are, like, you could... Maybe a fraternity. I don't know. I like that better than (laughs) the mama, papa, and baby bear. And each bear had a chair to sit in. A little chair for the little small wee bear, and a middle-sized chair for the middle bear, and a great chair for the great huge bear. And they each had a bed to sleep in, hashtag no homo. (laughs) Uh, It was a little bed for the little small wee bear, and a middle-sized bed for the middle bear, and a great bed for the great huge bear. They were minimalists and only wanted the bear necessities. Oh, really? One day, after they made their porridge for breakfast and poured it into their porridge pots, they walked out into the wood while the porridge was cooling that they might not burn their mouths by eating it too soon. We've all been there. Oh, I did that at your party last weekend. I burnt my mouth on the chicken wing dip. I knew it was the chicken wing dip. It was so dang good. I didn't even have any. Oh, you missed out. Damn it. We'll make up for it. (laughs) And while they were walking, a little old woman came to the house. She could not have been a good, honest old woman, for first she looked in at the window, and then she peeped in at the keyhole, and then, seeing nobody in the house, she lifted the latch. 
The door was not fastened because the bears were good bears who did nobody any harm and never suspected that anybody would harm them. I mean, bears are basically apex predators after all, and who the hell messes with bears? It's like Texas. Don't mess with it. No. Even I know better than to mess with the bears. Or Texas. Right. Don't mess with Texas. Don't do it. Don't mess with bears. So the little old woman opened the door and went in, and well pleased she was when she saw the porridge on the table. Now, if she had been a good little old woman, she would have waited till the bears came home, and then perhaps they would have asked her to breakfast, for they were good bears. A little rough or so, as the manner of bears is, but for all that very good-natured and hospitable. But she was an imprudent, bad old woman, and set about helping herself. And by bad old woman, we mean burgle. And, you know, thief. <laughs> Burgle, my favorite word again. I know. We haven't visited that word in a while. I know. It's been a while since we burgled. Did she, uh, did she enjoy the burgling as much as I enjoy the word burgling? Well, eh, so-so. First, she tasted the porridge of the great huge bear. And that was too hot for her. Too hot to handle. And she said a bad word about that. Whoa. Yeah. Bad Old lady. Bad, dirty She's a bird. Bad lady. Dirty, dirty bird. Then she tasted the porridge of the middle bear, and that was too cold for her. And she said a bad word about that, too. <gasps> Foul mouth. Yeah. Then she went to the porridge of the little small wee bear and tasted that. And that was neither too cold nor too hot, but just right. And she liked it so well that she ate it all up. But then the naughty old woman had the audacity to say a bad word about the little porridge pot because it did not hold enough food for her. Uh, I'm grateful. That was really great. I wish I had more, goddamn you, in your small little wee porridge pot. Nothing's ever good enough for you. All you do is complain. Well, don't worry. There's more complaining. Because as we all know, fairy tales like threes, and there's three bears and three trials. Three complaints times three. (laughs) Times three. That's nine. Three times three is nine. Nine complaints. Then the old woman sat down in the chair of the great huge bear, and that was too hard for her. And then she sat down in the chair of the middle bear, and that was too soft for her. You know, she needs a little support for her flabby ass. Oh. Then she sat down in the chair of the little small wee bear, And that was neither too hard nor too soft, but just right. So she sat herself in it, and uh, there she sat until the bottom of the chair gave out. Jeez, you did not exaggerate when she said she had a saggy butt. And down she came, plump upon the ground. (laughs) And the naughty old woman had said a wicked word about that, too. Somebody needs to wash her mouth out with soap. She's the type of woman who would, like, break into your house, trip over something, break a leg, and then sue you for damages. 100%. <laughs> Absolutely. Then the little old woman went upstairs into the bedchamber in which the three bears slept. And first she lay down upon the bear of the great huge bear, but that was too high at the head for her. And next she lay down upon the bed of the middle bear, and that was too high at the foot for her. And then she lay down upon the bed of the little small wee bear, and that was neither too high at the head nor at the foot, but just right. 
So she covered herself up comfortably and lay there till she fell fast asleep. They really should have invested in a Casper mattress. Or maybe a purple mattress. Well, no. Or maybe a Lisa mattress. Maybe they should have invested in a not comfortable mattress so then she wouldn't sleep there. True. If you're an uncomfortable mattress company and would like to sponsor this podcast, please do call us. Princess and the Pea mattress. <laughs> By this time, the three bears thought their porridge would be cool enough, so they came back home for breakfast. Now, the little old woman had left a spoon of the great huge bear standing in his porridge. Uh-oh. Yeah. Clue number one. Yeah. Somebody has been at my porridge, said the great huge bear in his great gruff, gruff voice. And when the middle bear looked at his, he saw that the spoon was standing in it too. They were wooden spoons, you know, so had they been silver ones, the naughty old woman would have put them in her pocket. Oh, she's a, she really is a thief. Told ya. She really would, would have burgled them if she could have. Mm-hmm. If there was anything to burgle. Somebody has been at my porridge, said the middle bear in his middle voice. You know, he's just kind of average. His middle voice. Then the little small wee bear looked at his, and there was a spoon in his porridge pot, but the porridge was all gone. Ugh. You mean somebody ate all his porridge? Somebody Somebody has been at my porridge and has eaten it all up, said the little small wee bear in his small wee voice. Upon this, the three bears... Seeing that somebody had entered the house and eaten up the little small wee bear's breakfast, began to look about them. Now, the little old woman had not put the hard cushion straight when she rose from the chair of the great huge bear. Uh Uh-oh. Clue number two. Yup. Now, had this taken place in America, you know there would be guns drawn because then they'd have the right to bear arms. (gasps) Where's my drum kit? Somebody has been sitting in my chair, said the great huge bear in his great gruff, rough voice. And the little old woman had squatted down the soft cushion of the middle bear. Somebody has been sitting in my chair, said the middle bear in his middle voice. And you know what the little old woman had done to the third chair. Oh, they made the bottom fall right out of it. Somebody's been sitting in my chair and has sat the bottom out of it, said the little small wee bear in his little small wee voice. He's really getting the brunt of everything. Poor guy. He just had to be a little old woman sized. (laughs) Then the three bears thought it necessary that they should make further search. So they went upstairs into their bedchamber. Now the little old woman had pulled the pillow of the great huge bear out of its place. Somebody has been lying in my bed, said the great huge bear in his great rough gruff voice. And the little old woman had pulled the bolster of the middle bear out of its place. Somebody has been lying in my bed, said the middle bear in his middle voice. And when the little small wee bear came to look at his bed, there was the bolster in its right place and the pillow in its place upon the bolster. And upon the pillow was a little old woman's ugly, dirty head, which was not in its place for she had no business there. (laughs) Ugly, dirty head. Somebody has been lying in my bed, and here she is, said the little small wee bear in his little small wee voice. Finding an old lady sleeping in your bed? Like, what would you do? Probably, well, I would definitely call the police. 
But, like, she's just a little lady. Why like, is she in my house? <laughs> I'd call the yeah, police. But, but what would you, like, would you... Would you run out of the house? And, I'd probably and scream, run out of the house, and call the police. Because... And wait outside till the police come? Fuck yeah. Trust no one. Even the little old ladies. Dude, they're the ones you have to watch out for. We've covered, you know, a lot of Nanny them. Doss. Uh, yeah, that's true. Yep. So, the little old woman had heard in her sleep the great, rough, gruff voice of the great, huge bear, but she was so fast asleep that it was no more to her than the roaring of the wind or the rumbling of thunder. And she had heard the middle voice of the middle bear, but it was only as if she heard someone speaking in a dream. But when she heard the little small wee voice of the little small wee bear, it was so sharp, so shrill that it had awakened her at once. Up she started, and when she saw the three bears on the one side of the bed, she tumbled herself out at the other and ran to the window. Ah, to the window. To the wall. What's the next part? So the sweat drips down my balls? I mean, I... Ah... Skeet, 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 skeet. What? I don't know. Ah, skeet, 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 motherfucker. Well, yeah, it was just Um, continuing the song. (laughs) My bad. Now, the window was open because the bears, like good tidy bears as they were, always opened their bedchamber window when they got up in the morning. I don't know why that makes them good tidy bears. Do that? No. To air out, to air out your stinky bed chambers i mean i don't know <laughs> i'm i'm offended you'd think my bed is stinky <laughs> your bed probably isn't but some people's probably is um r is r <laughs> oh brother well in any case out the little old woman jumped and whether she broke her neck in the fall or ran into the wood and was lost there or found her way out of the wood and was taken up by the constable and sent to the house of correction for a vagrant as she was i don't know (laughs) but the three bears never saw anything more of her and maybe just maybe they learned to lock their fucking door the end the end (laughs) well it wasn't i mean it wasn't completely different from Goldilocks and the three No, bears. not really. Except for the old lady and, and it not being, you know, mommy, daddy, and baby bear. And well, yeah, because basically it just it just evolved into yeah. more of a family story because, well, yeah, you know, what are their... kids. What and... are their three... F- it was probably... They were like, why are there three male bears living together? <laughs> oh, yes. And then nobody wants to hear a story about an old... Uh, a terrible old woman breaking a dirty old hag dirty hag breaking into somebody's house i do i think it's way more fascinating than some girl wandering through the woods and ends up at the three bears house i I agree although then you can have that conversation about how youth and good looks will get you very far in life and you can escape you know uh Ah. certain um Charges. Penalties. Charges. Mm-hmm. Something along those lines. That makes sense. Basically, you get away with more and people are much more sympathetic when you are a young, attractive girl with hair Curly gold. Curly blonde hair gold. That Although I'm pretty true. sure in the original version when it first started a young woman, pretty sure it referred to her as having hair of silver, so. Really? Oh. You are probably correct. You are the fairy tale master. 
Oh. Well, you would know better than I do. Potentially. I just don't remember, but I thought that was interesting that she went from that to Goldilocks. That's strange. Dude. Gold is better than silver, Sarah. Lies. So, thankfully, um, the bears made it out unscathed from well, their so home did the invasion. Old lady mostly, too. Well, apparently. we don't know. We don't, but we assume. I mean, they didn't find her dead at the bottom of the window. No, but I mean, she pretty much remained anonymous. Nobody knows what happened to her after yeah. she left the house. But, um, so you know, you could say no harm, no foul. Um, unfortunately, not every instance of home invasion and quote unquote burgling. <laughs> is uh and so happily ever after oh do you have um a situation in mind that doesn't end so happily ever after oh my god i just so happened to does it happen to happen in japan yes well yes it does Ooh, Ooh, i'm excited so this one is weird this one is so weird this is actually this is a really big um like mystery from nearly 20 years ago now which is kind of different than what we usually do because most of the true crime we talk about we're talking about the killer and we don't spoiler alert we don't know who the killer of this one is exactly so today we are going to talk about the setagaya family murders which occurred in the um what is it, the the Setagaya Ward of Tokyo? Yes. On December 31st, 2000, uh, a family of four was found dead in their home. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, Mikio Mayazawa, 44, his 41-year-old wife, Yasuko, 8-year-old daughter, Nina, and 6-year-old son, Right. Um, now, the son had been strangled to death, unfortunately, while the other three had been stabbed to death. Despite there being, like, a ton of evidence in this case... Like, it, way more than most <laughs> cases ever? Way more than most, definitely. Um, this has been remained an unsolved mystery for uh nearly two decades now so crazy um as most victims of horrendous crimes the uh, miyazawa family they were a fairly typical japanese family mm-hmm. like nobody really had anything bad to say about any of them um the husband mikio he worked for Interbrand, a London-based marketing firm with country or with with countries with um, offices throughout the world in 20 different countries. Um, colleagues described him as congenial. They claimed he was the kind of guy that got along so well with everyone and definitely not the sort of person to make enemies. So, First of all, there was just going into this, there was no suspects because nobody had any enemies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yasuko was a teacher. 
Uh, And she was also seen as very kind and compassionate by everyone who met her. And she spent a lot of time with their two children. Um, Nina was in second grade and was a super playful, fun kid who enjoyed ballet and soccer. Um, And there wasn't, there's never really too much said about their son, but I imagine he was likely a very typical six-year-old. Yep. You know, I mean, another little kid. I mean, his family was so normal. There's no reason he wouldn't be, you know, just your average six year old. Exactly. The only thing I found that might have been like, you know, not abnormal, but not quite typical was that I guess he did have some kind of like speech impairment, which was causing the family some stress. But like, again, it wasn't a huge issue and they were like seeking treatment for him. Yep. And also no six year old has enemies. No. (laughs) Um. None I know anyways. Yeah, right? Uh, The family had been living in the house since 1990, and it was once a flourishing community with many families, but at this time it had whittled down from like 200 families to just four. Uh, And in fact, the Miyazawas were planning on moving too. Mm -hmm. So while this was part of the city, it was more of a suburban-esque area. Like, it was very safe. It didn't really feel like... A city. Right. Now, obviously, when you think, oh my gosh, this community went from 200 families to four, like, it probably, like, seems like it would be really isolated. But they weren't completely isolated because the ha- the building that they lived in, it was split into, like, two houses. So it was mm-hmm. basically, like, an attached home. And, you know, they weren't strangers to the people who lived next door because it was Yasuko's mother who lived next door along with her sister and brother-in-law. So, you know, nothing to worry about. This kind of seems like, you know, one of the Bayer situations where it's like, we don't have anything to worry about. Yeah, pretty, pretty, like, uh, nothing to look at here. Exactly. Boring. Um, the only thing that could be, get raised a potential issue and was why so many people had left the area was because of this park. Um, and it had been there for years, but the city was making plans to expand it. And that's why a lot of people had left because, you know, people are moving. I think the park was, was buying out people's houses actually. Yeah. So it's like people are leaving because, you know, this park is coming and they're going to use that property to make it just bigger. And in fact, this particular family was planning on moving as well because the park was literally right in their backyard And it wasn't just like, the part that was right in their backyard wasn't just like a nice nature scenic thing. It was actually a skate park. So, and when you look at pictures about like where the family's house is Mm -hmm. and where the skate park is and how close. Like their backyard. It's literally like, it would be me going outside my door and like my backyard being a skate park. And there was only, it was only divided by like a small fence. So I can imagine why you would, wouldn't want to live there want, anymore. Yeah, I would want to move, yeah. Especially given, like, you know, the skater stereotypes. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in, like, the early 2000s. Oh, my gosh, Like, yeah. coming out punk, of the 90s. The scene is, like, raging, yeah. And I have to imagine it's similar in Japan. I know it's not, a, this isn't taking place in America, but I have to imagine that that... can't that, be that far off. Right? <laughs> um. So keep these things... In mind. Yes. Because right now, we're going to get into the murder. The murder. Dun, dun, dun. 
mass murder. I mean, seriously. Kind of. Yeah, I don't know. Is there like heinous crime? That's what it is. Definitely heinous crime. The night of the murder, Mikio had been spending the uh, the evening on the computer. We know this because he accessed his work email around 10.40 p.m., which required a password. So there's like a digital trail. We know it was like 10.38 or something. He yep. logged into his email. So at this point, we know he's at least alive. Now, the son had been asleep in his second floor bedroom. Um, the we, we think that the wife and daughter had been in the home's third story loft and there was a bed and a TV up there, so they were likely either sleeping or watching TV when this all went down. We assume the killer entered the residence through a bathroom window on the second floor because they found it open. And in order to access this, it the window was very close to the fence dividing their house from the skate park. Um, from what I've read, like somebody would have had still had to have like upper body strength to pull themselves up, but it is possible. I I had read that they may have climbed a tree next to the window and that that was how they maybe got in too. So fence, tree, whatever, they, they climbed something to get to the second story. Exactly. Window. So not your average like out of shape person like myself mm-hmm. because you I can't climb a tree. I cannot. It's a sensitive topic. I'm a bad tree climber. <laughs> we won't test your theory. <laughs> it's not a theory. It's law. Okay. <laughs> um, when Sarah goes up, she will come down. Yes. So it's likely that the killer, whoever he or she is, um, entered the home via the second floor and went into Ray's room first and strangled the six-year-old in his bed. Oh, sad. I don't know how the hell you can, anybody can hurt, like, a A child. A six-year-old, yeah, like a little cute, cute little six-year-old. Even if they're, like, a demon child when they're sleeping, they all look adorable. (laughs) They all, everybody looks innocent when they're sleeping. It's true. Um, a lot of this is speculation, but it seems likely that Mikio could have been the second victim based on evidence Mm -hmm. they assumed that as soon as he heard something going on in ray's room he rushed upstairs to his room to see what was going on and then he was stabbed in the head (laughs) yeah he received several stab wounds a lot of them were centered like central to like the neck region and he was found at the foot of the stairs so it's likely that so the police Investigators at this time are thinking, okay, there was probably a struggle and he got pushed down the stairs where Mm -hmm. he ultimately um, died. Um, In either case, the stab wounds, uh, they know, were made from a sashimi knife, which is a very sharp knife specifically designed for cutting fish. Yeah, sashimi. I wonder if... Yeah. I was like... I mean, I don't like sushi, and I don't, so I don't know too much about it. But I've heard of sashimi. Yes, that's like the non-rolled stuff, right? So it's just plated raw fish. Fish. That's what I thought. Like people who are on diets and aren't doing carbs will get sashimi. I've had it before. Um, I at one point liked it. Apparently, I don't know what what possessed me to order sashimi. Was it like tuna? 
It was a it tuna was belly? a bunch of different kinds of uh, fish. Okay. It was um You know people will do salmon raw, tuna raw. Yeah, there's all different kinds of sashimi that people you can get. Will do it's like just the raw fish. Tartar. And mm-hmm. I'm like tuna poo poo. <laughs> I'm like poo poo to your two two. Yeah, I mean I ate like I said, I ate it one time. I don't know that I would go for it again, but Okay. Raw fish. Well, he had like a brand new super sharp knife. But um, somehow the killer had damaged the knife during the process probably of stabbing like Mikio. Really thin. They are. I looked up pictures of them because yeah. it's like, especially with fish, you kind of, it's like if Has you look at a filet knife, really good blade exactly. They're thinner. like really thin with that mm-hmm. really long, precise yeah. tip. I'm not that interested in knives, guys. Don't get worried. Sarah knows a lot about weaponry. Yeah, totally. You know. Yeah. Do you have, like, a favorite kind of gun, too? I think I can name, like, two. Uh, How about a Colt revolver and an (laughs) AK-47? Those are the two guns I can name. Good job. Uh, Smith & Wesson. There you go. Uh, 10-gauge shotgun. Woo! Good job. These are my gun knowledges. (laughs) Um... So, given the evidence, they suspect that maybe the mother and daughter were likely the last to be killed. But again, nobody knows. And this could have, this the puzzle can fit different ways. It's possible that, you know, Mikio heard a struggle, you know, he heard the struggle with his wife and daughter when everybody was still alive. And like, we don't know how this, this we is We know place. nothing. It's assumption. It's it's all assumptions. We're making asses out of ourselves every day. Yes. Um. No, but the the police I think used very educated guesses. Exactly, <laughs> and the especially when you look at had. exactly. And again, it, at the end of the day, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily matter who was killed like first and who was no. killed they second. All die. They all died in terrible ways. It's very sad. Um, but so remember how we said that the killer damaged his sashimi knife? Yes. Well, at some point. He went and he got a second knife. Now, he got one out of the kitchen. So it's the fa- one of the family's knives. And that's where they think he had maybe attacked the mother and daughter, went left to get a new knife, and then came back to finish the job because um, we'll get into more of the evidence in a little bit, but they found traces of Nina's blood on like the first aid kit and some bandages. So they think it's likely that the killer had left for a little bit, maybe to get a new knife, and then came back and killed them after they were trying to, like, bandage their wounds. Wow. That's... Yeah. Wow. So this was obviously a very, very brutal crime scene. Um, And I did read somewhere that apparently the killer continued to stab the bodies after they were already dead. Which I'm not a um, criminal profiler. I'm not a psychological whatever. Analyst or something. Yeah, but I think that says, probably says a lot about the killer's psyche or... Definitely. And like normally that like, usually that's evidence of something being very personal. Like Like, a crime of passion. Like this... This whole crime scene seems just very, very personal. It really does, especially when you get into what happens next. Yeah. There's a pretty decent timeline, you know, considering we had the 
the father logging in at a certain time. Yeah. Uh, an examination of the stomach contents places the events likely around 11.30 p.m. So they think that the family was dead before midnight. Mm. Now, normally, when somebody commits a crime, they try to get the fuck out of Dodge as quickly yeah. as possible. Leave ASAP. Does this does this guy do that, though? Is he typical? No, he is far from typical, Sarah. He's atypical? Very. Yeah. He stays in the house for hours. Like, the night. Yeah. He spends the night there. Basically. He... He's like, oh, you're dead. You don't need your house right now for the next few hours. Yeah. I'm just gonna just... Let me just enjoy the creature comforts of home. Which I think also says a lot about him because... Who how the heck can wants you to stay in a house with dead people? How in it? can you just murder, brutally murder four people, including two small children, and then stay in the house and eat their food? He he wandered around the house. He discarded popsicle or ice cream wrappers around the house. He, he was, used their potty, and he didn't flush, which I'll get into that in a little bit. <laughs> Um, there's also evidence that he used the computer to browse the internet because it was after a time where they know that the family was dead. Uh-huh. And, uh, apparently he tried to buy tickets from a theater company at something like 1 or 2 a.m. 1.18 a.m. See? 1.18 a.m. Mm-hmm. Um, later on, he also used the computer again and he had visited the father's company webpage and his son's, like, the son's school website. That's not weird at all. Really fucking weird. Why, I know. Why does he want to know about them after he killed them? I saw one theory suggest like that maybe those, you know, he was just looking at web pages that were already open or like bookmarked or like search oh, history or something like that. Maybe. But it's weird. Like it is bizarre. Like let me look. <clears throat> do you think this is one of the? Bef- I don't want to get like into theories or anything just yet. But do you think this is one of those situations where somebody wanted to just like like really know every little thing about somebody so they just like walked through their house and like was entirely too nosy i mean potentially but you'd think that they would like just with some of the things with this case like you'd think that maybe they'd already know that like you know it's weird yeah that's something you do before you kill somebody (laughs) not after somebody i guess we're not telling you to kill anybody please don't kill anyone please don't hurt anyone please don't plot any of these things thank you Please and thank you. Um, so as we mentioned earlier, there was a boatload of evidence left at the crime scene, especially since the killer had pretty much Goldilocks the family's home. Yeah, 12,545 pieces of evidence as of 2015. And uh, they had over 246,000 investigators investigate this case because of the amount of evidence. Now, obviously, we do not have time, nor the desire, nor the mental capacity. We are not 246,000 people. We are two. <laughs> two. And a dog. And, and she's no help. She's She gives me more work. So we can't go through all of the evidence. You can definitely look it up. Um, but A lot of it is like DNA specific yeah. things. But we do, but I, I did, you know... I do have a lengthy list of some of the important stuff that they found. Ooh, ooh tell us. So, is this we what know. Can you tell us about his number two? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, as we kind of stated, usually investigators have to look pretty di- hard for uh, a weapon, like for the 
the weapon of whatever the murder the, weapon. The mur- thank you. <laughs> the the <laughs> murder <laughs> weapon. The the weapon that they did the murder with. Well, they found both of them. Like within like moments pretty much of being yeah, at the house. Yeah, they were like there, right in their faces. So, uh they found unflushed feces in the toilet which investigators analyzed and from the sample they were able to determine what food he had eaten there you go to everybody who asks me how do you do your job as a dental hygienist uh i would rather do my job than be the investigators who had to play with this man's but you can still tell what people ate from between their teeth it's true. <laughs> I oh was my gosh. Say, just like them, I can also tell what people recently ate. <laughs> I re- yep. Um, <laughs> so the killer had left behind plenty of bloodstains, and there were footprints in the dirt, which we can assume were from the assailant. Now, apparently, the type of shoe that left the tracks uh, was very popular in Japan, but. The size was not available in Japan and was only available Ooh. in South Korea. Ooh, Korea? Mm. hmm They found... Yes. Very, very interesting, which kind of plays into some of the several theories that, you know, mm-hmm. go mm-hmm. on here. Uh, they also found towels and women's pads uh, with unknown blood on them. So he was likely... They That's part of the reason why they also theorized that he had gotten into an altercation with the father why there was a struggle because they think he was injured and he left his blood behind and he had tried to use maxi pads and towels to like to, staunch the yeah, bleeding right to uh first aid himself <laughs> exactly diy first aid so the killer also left behind lots of clothes that's and like not weird at all. Mm, these were not left behind on accident because they were neatly folded. Uh, that's not um, weird at all. <laughs> and there was blood on them. And they were clearly not from the families because a lot of them were like skater style clothes. Oh, really? Skater style mm-hmm. clothes, eh? Yes. Uh, forensic analysts also discovered trace elements of the male cologne Jacquard Noir. Ooh. Um, from the clothing, they also determined that it had been washed in hard water, um, meaning that the water used to wash the clothes was full of minerals, uh-huh. um, and vitamins that are not found in regularly occurring water. Oh. And little fun fact, Japan has soft water systems, so the water just contains like, I think, sodium. Mm-hmm. So the clothes had not been washed in Japan. Oh even more suspicious Mm -hmm. uh the killer also left behind a bag that contained grip tape like for skateboards (gasps) more traces of cologne and sand sand now the sand is one of the more interesting pieces of evidence because you can trace sand back to very specific regions who is the person that collects all the sample sand i want that job i think that would be a really good job (laughs) I'm a sand sample collector. Please send me to all the places in the world with sand. All right, you go to Saudi Arabia. Uh, just to get sand, and then I'll come home. <laughs> uh, you're going to, in the Middle East, get all the sand. No, not all the sand. <laughs> One sample. <laughs> One sand pole. One sand pole. <laughs> um, so, they determined that this particular sand had come from the southwestern United States. 
more specifically, the approximate area around the Edwards Air Force Base. What the F? Which I think that's like 100 miles away from Las Vegas. What the F? I don't understand what's going on. How can you be from from South Korea and from Las Vegas-ish? Well, there are plenty of theories. Mm. Um... So he had also gone through their personal information and had spread out their, like, IDs and receipts and things like that. Weirdo. They found a lot of stuff, like, in the bathtub. Oh. Which maybe was, he was, And like, with the popsicle wrappers. Sitting in the tub, going through some stuff, hanging out, having a popsicle. Yeah. I mean, if I broke into somebody's house, that's where I would end up, probably, is the tub. But mm-hmm. I don't, I wouldn't, uh, I'd be more like Goldilocks, just hang out and enjoy the house and then leave. Yeah. I wouldn't do the uh, murdering part. But I'm not a burglar, so I won't do any of the above. Or a squatter. Or, no, I am also not a squatter. I have my own bathtub at home to enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> Same. And he also left a lot of fingerprints all over the house. Which, so given all this evidence, it's really surprising that they haven't found anybody yet. Well, yeah, but I mean, think of all the people in the world, and he's apparently not from Japan. Well, but that's, so that, well, that's part of the problem, but like, they have, um, like, they have his clothes, they have just kind of descriptions, I mean, they have his DNA. Yeah, they have so So, many pieces of who this person is. You know, they they have his fingerprints, so like, you know... It, it's 2000, so even though it's a little, it's not 2019, I mean... You can do a lot with fingerprints, and there are, like, worldwide databases that you can check things, and DNA is, like, a thing at this point. Oh, 100%. And, like, and well, it, But even, know? like, later on, when they actually do analyze oh, the yeah. DNA and are able to, because at 2000, they weren't allowed, they couldn't, they didn't have the technology to do, like, genome testing and stuff like that they do now. Right. But the point being that... They have his DNA, they have his fingerprints, they have, like, a general description, like, on record, and nobody has hit it. And then just, like, a little bit more, so he, you know, had spent some time in the the home for a few hours, and then they suspect that he had stolen some money, but they found more money, which made them think that um, robbery wasn't the, the primary motive. No. And they don't know what the motive was. So he just wanted to hang out somewhere for a little while and, and kill people. Anybody to bother him? Because yeah. like that's the thing. It's like if you know they were super ridiculously wealthy. Okay, well maybe it was a robbery gone wrong. If you know the guy was like in the fucking like yakuza. Okay, well maybe this was you know yakuza. The yakuza. That's the <laughs> Japanese game. Yeah. I know much of it. Um. But, like, I might know that because of the TV show Archer, but that's besides the point. That's okay. But so it's, like, there's no suspects and there's, like, really no motive. So it's, like, it's this case is an enigma despite the overwhelming amount of evidence that we already talked about. Yes. Um, So there were some potential witnesses, which kind of adds to this, why hasn't this been solved yet? Mm-hmm. Around 10 o'clock that evening, uh, a witness had been walking um, at, in the park behind the house, and they heard something that sounded like an argument taking place inside. Um, they don't, they couldn't recall any like hearing any loud physical mm-hmm. noises um, or any like really earth-shattering screams or anything. Um, but they said it sounded like a couple was getting heated with okay, each other. Okay, so they were like having. A disagreement, not 
like they were throwing things and right. eating each but, other. And we don't know, you know, who it was in the house that was having right. this it argument. Was it Was it the couple? Was it, you know, An the altercation? Alter- altercation, like, get out of the house. Mm-hmm. Like, is somebody holding somebody hostage? You know, like, trying to talk them down. Nobody knows. Exactly. So about an hour and a half later, a member of Yasuko's family next door, they heard a loud banging sound come from the other side of the building. Oh, now they hear something. Well, they weren't sure, like, what it was. And, like, it's not that unusual to hear, like, you know, a bang. Exactly. Especially, like, they have, you know, kids and, like, you could drop something down the stairs. I drop things all the time. And exactly. Cody yells at me from the other room, jeez! And then he goes, bing, bang, boom, Michael Klump. Because Michael Klump makes bing, bang, boom noises. Who's Michael Klump? <laughs> from the office. Oh. Michael Scott puts on the sumo suit and then he puts a suit on over and calls himself Michael Klump. Oh, damn. You have to watch that episode. You can edit all that out, by the way. I just... No, no, that I didn't... Um, so they weren't a hundred percent sure what time they heard this, but then they were able to like corroborate the time with like the t- what was going on at TV. So like they were kind of able to figure out when they heard this, uh, yes, and around TV. <laughs> programming. Yes. Well, you know, uh, I heard a loud thump, and I think it was when Jeopardy was on. <laughs> Just kidding. Jeopardy comes on at seven. It's fine. It's too early. It's way too early. This was like 11 or something. Um, And around this same time, there was an eyewitness or like a neighbor or somebody who recalled seeing a man hurrying along the walking path next to the family's house. So there were people around, which is a little unusual just given that there's not that many people that live there. Yes. What are you doing? You little traveling Wilbury. Get over here. Come here. Don't worry, Skylar. It's almost nacho time. It's almost nacho time. Now give me your body. I'll pet you. Within close proximity to the Mirazawa house, their taxi driver picked up three passengers. Now, these passengers remained nameless, um, but they were all middle-aged men, and they all apparently were very quiet throughout their journey. Not the talkative type, which I don't so think suspicious. is. Which, but I don't know. It's like, is that it's suspicious not. in Japan? Uh, it's not suspicious here. I don't like yeah. talking to my Uber drivers. I don't really talk to my Uber drivers either. No way. It's weird. I'm I don't know what like, to say. I'm bad at small talk. I'm like, can I talk to the other passengers? That's usually do what. I talk to the Uber driver? Do we pretend he's not here? <laughs> yes, I usually I don't do. Know how to do this because I'm awkward. Now, what was also very suspicious was one of the men had a wound on him and left a blood stain in the back seat <gasps> of the taxi. DNA, DNA. Um, so obviously they the taxi driver recalls this as being very strange and which is why he remembered the details, but he didn't really think that much of it until, you know, he saw the report of the murder. Right. On, you know, the dun, news dun, or dun. whatever. Um so yeah. Despite all this evidence and potential eyewitnesses, no suspects. Like, not even, like, potential suspects. Nope. Like, not even the hint of a suspect. No, because there's, remember, there's no motive. So they can't, they can't get somebody just on motive. Especially when they have DNA evidence to rule people out. And they have DNA evidence, but 
the person, like, this is obviously their first crime, or, or they've never been caught before, so, like, they're not in any prison system, like, anywhere in the world. At least not in, in Japan. I nowhere mean, in the world that they checked. They did check. Apparently, they partnered with... Did they partner with, like, Interpol or something? They did. They partnered with, um, technically, it's... I can't remember what it's called, but basically, it's, it's nation, like, a global organization, um, that will assist in solving crimes when somebody is when there's evidence that the person may have been from another country oh okay so they uh the tokyo police worked with them for a period of time but they didn't get any hits in their databases either so Mm -hmm. that's not helpful nope (sighs) um so by 2006 forensic testing had progressed to the point where investigators could do a lot more with dna evidence and dna testing Mm -hmm. Um, and, like, they didn't forget about this case, obviously. Like, thousands of people worked on this case, like, over the course of, like, years and decades at this point. Uh, so they tested the killer's blood. And they determined that he was mixed race and probably not a Japanese citizen. Um, they determined that his parents had belonged to two different cultures. Uh, one of which was... Eastern Asian and the other of Southern European descent. Mm -hmm. So they're like, okay, he's likely not a Japanese citizen at this point, which we probably could have suspected if he's not in any of their databases yet. Um, We also know that he stands roughly five foot seven because they match like the clothing that he left uh, as long as, like, the, the shoe sizes and stuff to, to figure. So he's, you know, a smaller man, which, you know, kind of plays into, you know, if he's of Asian descent, they tend to not be as tall as, say, an American right. might be. Like, right. I mean, most people in my family are over... Like, most of the men in my family are over six foot tall. They do also, though, um, consider that the person could have just been very young because in their estimate of the age they say as young as 15 yeah so it could could, there's potential that it could have also just been somebody who was young right and i mean not to discount that at all i personally just have a really hard time believing that a 15 year old could have but not even like i don't I don't want to say that I don't believe a 15-year-old has the capability of, like, murdering children because we've seen it before. There are more brutal cases and there are a couple cases I that I know. I don't think he or she could have overtaken two grown adults. No, exactly. Like, I know kids can be brutal and there's a couple of cases that I want to cover, like, in the future of, like, really brutal children. But yeah. again, I don't think... I think that if he would have struggled with the father... A 15-year-old standing 5 foot 7 or, you know, whatever. Even, you know, a 17-year-old probably could not have taken on unless he was running on, like, pure fucking adrenaline. But you have to imagine at that point that father is probably running on pure adrenaline, too, to protect his family. Oh, definitely. Like, he has more to fight for, in my opinion. Oh, of course. I just thought it was worth mentioning no, that they also considered that it could have been somebody young based on the height. Well, it definitely is, especially since... and. A lot of it, I think, has... So there's obviously a lot of conspiracy theories and maybe not conspiracy, you know, just theories in general. And, you know, there's this whole issue and, like, going with kids, like, the whole skate... Like, the whole, like, skateboard theory. Like, the skateboarder, which is usually younger teenagers. Mm -hmm. Like, 
it's not usually 50 year old men on skateboards. No. But um, a lot of people think that that was probably just a plant, like to maybe draw suspicion because who intentionally leaves that much evidence unless if you're trying to set like not necessarily someone specific up but like no but try to lead them on a trail elsewhere exactly like who leaves all their skateboard specific clothes like there was a there was like a kerchief there was that bag with like the the skater the skate tape and all Mm -hmm. this stuff and it's like sometimes when you have too much evidence it's exactly what it is too much evidence right um but it's also important to note that in the week leading up to New Year's Eve, Mikio had confronted a group of loud and obnoxious teenagers at the skate park for making too much noise. Um, and then around the same time, a witness reported seeing him confront a group of young rebels. <laughs> young young rebels, rebels, I know. Um, Get off my lawn! That belonged to a Japanese motorcycle gang of sorts so another theory though if it was the younger people it's potential like there's a potential that it could have been multiple mm-hmm. suspects i mean they only found maybe the dna one but it could have been maybe multiple people killed the family because they wanted to rob them or something and then maybe one stayed behind but then it's so it's like nobody knows. nobody knows because there's a lot of evidence and not all of it adds up then there's also other theories that you know because of the tie, like the sand and the ties to Edwards Air Force Base in like the United States, was this like an army brat or like a military brat? You know, somebody who was, you know, in the country because their one of their parents was deployed there and they were living abroad. You know what I mean? And that's why he's not in his, in the system. That's why his fingerprints aren't in the system because that's he came there via possible. the military. Mm-hmm. So that's another theory. Um, it's just like... The theories abound. There's so many theories and there's like... There's more even evidence of like there's apparently there was some guy who um, was just kind of like hanging out. Um, loiterer? A loiterer? Yeah, like, just kind of walking around the, the house, like mm-hmm. the family's house, which it's like, eh, is that suspicious? Isn't that not? In retrospect, of course, it seems suspicious. And then, you know, people were think like, just, you know, there's evidence abound and, like, theories abound, but it doesn't go anywhere. And here we are, almost 20 years later, with no more answers than they had you know, 15, 19 years ago. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's just, I think this case really bothered me. Not just because of like the really gruesome aspects mm-hmm. of it, because some of the cases we cover are disgusting. Um, especially the ones that like involve cannibalism. <laughs> um, like going back to like Catherine Knight and just mm-hmm. the thing the torturous things that people can come up with but like home invasions freak me out like the because thought... they, you know that they can happen you know that that is something that happens and you know that there's not honestly anything you can realistically do to protect yourself like even people who have Se- alarm systems and security systems they even can be targeted and they can you know 
cut cut lines or they mm-hmm. can you know who knows what people people are capable of stuff you can't even think of oh and i it's, know sometimes it's just knowing what could happen that is the scariest thing exactly because you just feel helpless exactly and just it's just like if you know it's i know people too who worry about their home being broken into when they're not even home yeah that's even a fear that people have you know that bothers me but not as much as like me being here like middle of the night home exactly somebody breaking in and like scary shit yeah you know and i mean if somebody did like i'm obvious is only broken during the day and i'm not here i mean obviously my dog is here i'm also very like scared about somebody like hurting my dog yeah exactly because if somebody breaks into my house what are they gonna do first well this the uh, dog's disar- gonna go after them disarm the biggest threat aka <sighs> My barking, That's the big threat. <laughs> my barking dog who wants to play with all of her toys while we're recording. <laughs> yeah, she's a real big threat. <laughs> she'll snuggle you to death. Uh, she'll kiss you to death. Yeah, basically. But, but yeah, that's the... Freaky deaky. Sadagaya murder and mystery. And to this day, they are still afoot. Yeah, I'm like We're hoping. Dead. We don't know. No, I know, and like, you know, this is one of those cases where it's like you hope that it gets answers like at some point, especially like with all these like breakthroughs like using familial DNA. So like, I'm hoping that maybe they still have this DNA, and who knows, maybe they'll upload it to one of those like sites, and maybe we'll get a hit. Maybe we'll find a relative to this unsub. That would be crazy, man. Somebody do it. I um I I like that parallel between the fairy tale and the true crime that at the end even though we basically know who the person is, they get away and we never hear what happens. Exactly. Again. There's like no the satisfying lady ending. Was literally there under their nose, which is the equivalent of 12,000 and some pieces of evidence of who was in the Setagaya family home that or the Mayazawa family home. But um we don't know what happens to them. Like, that's it. They, mm-hmm. they leave the house. End of story. Like, we know nothing. That's all she wrote. And it's just like, it just leaves you unsatisfied because you want justice. It's and like unsettling. And like, even with the something as simple as the fairy tale. Well, this might happen. This might have happened. Or maybe this happened. We don't know. And it's just like. You want to know. I want to know. What happened? I don't like not knowing. Maybe we have to write a new version. With a new, new segment on the show. We're going to rewrite the endings of our fairy tales oh, and true crime that'll stories. That'll be our, that's your homework assignment? Oh, I don't want more homework. I don't either. <laughs> I thought we got rid of homework when we graduated. No, because now homework is podcast work. At least that's fun. It's much more fun. We like doing this for and you we guys. hope you like listening. I like listening to you tell your dog what to do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bossy Sarah. It's great. But on that note. Um, uh, lock all your doors. Lock all your doors and your windows, even if they're on the second floor. And maybe don't throw any trees outside of your window. Yeah, I'm going to make, I know that I'm going to like double, triple, quadruple check all of my locks before I go to bed tonight. Oh, same. Definitely. So. Um, Thanks for tuning in. You can email us at fairytalltalespod at gmail.com. Be sure to check us out on all of our social media channels. You can rate us on the App Store. That would be super awesome. And tell your friends about us. Subscribe. And if you really, really love us 
and want to support this podcast, um, consider helping us out and becoming like a contributor. If you go, if you find us on Anchor, there's information about how you can be a donor and keep the podcast going. Woohoo! Support us. We love doing this for you guys. We do. It's, it's my favorite hobby besides watching Chopped and crocheting. Ooh. Actually, this is probably above it, but those are my hobbies right now. I'm I'm old. Those are good <laughs> hobbies. I like them. But uh, I feel like this is when we need a catchphrase, but we don't have one. So so if you can think of a good catchphrase for us, email us. <laughs> In the meantime, I'm just going to steal other people's. Go ahead. Just do it. Just do it. Uh, what do you mean, Sarah? Just do what? It's open to interpretation. Okay, I like it that way. Bye. Mm, what you say? That way, I don't know the words. <laughs>